Hello and welcome to the NK News Podcast. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetslut, and today is Thursday, the 10th of September, 2020, and I'm joined in the studio today by my guest, Korea Sharing Movement Secretary General Hong Sang-yong, to talk about the Korea Sharing Movement and inter-Korean cooperation. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Hong. 네, 반갑습니다. 네. Thank you. And providing interpreting today is Christine Jong. Thank you for interpreting, Christine. Thank you, Jacko. All right, let's start with the basics. What is the Korean Sharing Movement and what does it try to do? So, uh, that would be a lengthy explanation, but in the eyes of South Koreans, we all know what kind of organization we are just by hearing the name, but to foreigners, it may be not that familiar. In short, we aim to pursue activities towards the reconciliation of the Koreans residing in both uh, North and South and also abroad, so that we can overcome the kind of conflict and hostility. So as you will be very aware, we have gone through the Korean War and it's been over 70 years of building irreconcilable uh, hostility between the the two Koreas. And the the only solution is to uh, overcome these difficulties by helping one another. And this is how we came about. How and when did the Korea sharing movement get started? So, uh, we were founded in 1966, 1996, June of 1996, and following the 1994 uh, major flood that happened in North Korea, which brought a huge damage uh, to North Korean people and the assets there. Uh, North Korea called for the assistance to the international society, and uh, there were opinions that also South Koreans cannot just sit back and watch the situation. However, there were uh, also people arguing that North uh, North Koreans are the enemy of South Korea, so they cannot be the object of our assistance. However, despite all these difficulties, we realized that uh, we we need to help despite their, them being our enemy. How have the aims and activities of the Korea Sharing Movement changed since its founding in uh, 1996? So when the North Korea was hit hard by the natural disaster, it led to famine and disease occurrence across the, uh, the country. And we thought of sending off food, so food assistance would be the priority. However, as I said before, there were many people in the South thinking North Korea is hostile, so we took the time to persuade them, and that was a necessity. So in the South, uh, what first started, uh, the six leaders from the major religion, including Catholic, Buddhism, Protestantism, Confucianism, etc., came together to make uh, association. And together with that, the Association of Attorneys, Association of Doctors, uh, joined the movement. Uh, Father Kim Suan, who's very famous. That's uh, uh, Cardinal Stephen yes, Kim. Uh, he has donated a great sum of money to, to, to the movement. So uh, throughout the donation, we made uh, a target of sending off 100,000 maize to the north and uh, 50% of them, uh, which is 50,000, was sent off in 1997. The incident was so significant in the sense that it was the first ever private-led assistance that was sent off to the North Korea and which urged for help to, to help North Korea ever since the, the occurrence of 1950 Korean War. Uh, of course, the two governments engaged in dialogue to lead negotiations, but this was the first ever private-led assistance. Each and every individual of the civil society came together in this in this great movement to support North Korea 
Korea, which surprised many, including myself. At the time, I was working at the organization, and I was really amazed by the just the, the, the sheer donation of people flowing in. Because at the time, we did not receive donation from the corporations or other major broadcasting companies, and then that was really surprising, uh, particularly given that at the time the South Korean government had officially banned South Koreans from helping North Koreans due to the hostile relations going on at the time. And meanwhile, this is also all the more significant because, significant because it led to intergovernmental talks. When you want to send off materials or aid to the North, you have to get the government's permit and approval. And towards this end, the two governments had to have consult and uh, negotiate with one another. And all of this was brought by the the nationwide consensus and urge to help North Korean towards the successful delivery of the aid. So not only the aid materials include maize, but also clothing, medicine, egg, seafood, tomatoes, etc. This was a very unforeseen voluntary support. So it seems at the beginning of your uh, organization's activities, it uh, was focusing mainly on emergency relief supplies and, and helping in, in times of, uh, of uh, flood and famine. Uh, over the years, how have your uh, your focus or your aims uh, changed? So in case of my my to share my personal side of the story, I didn't know I don't know a lot about North Korea. I was brought up in the Korean education system where they gave a lot of anti-communist classes. And 1999 was the time when I first visited North Korea. I was afraid, but at the time I realized that they were really going through difficult times. They were not only in need of the food, but also in need of a sustainable means of producing the food. That struck me and realized that from 2000s, we need to change, transform the way of aid assistance from just simply supporting sending off materials, but uh, to to training them how to produce things in a sustainable manner. Sustainable manner. So the two areas of interest are one is agriculture and the second is health and healthcare. One is about food and one is about leading a healthy life. So on the first front, uh, well, for rice, which is a representative food, um, to mass, we uh, the experts from the north and south came together to to see how, how can we mass produce rice in the north, and f- to, for the medicine, uh, we ha- the experts came together and consulted. So which are the areas? that we need to produce this medicine and what difficulties the hospitals are going through, what are the shortages, and how can we modernize the hospital system. You mentioned that you grew up under the South Korean anti-communist system. And uh, since the 1990s, we've seen here in South Korea uh, dramatic changes in how South Koreans look at North Korea and North Korean people. Uh, as someone who has lived through this period of rapidly changing perceptions, how do you view those changes? What do you think about them? 
So in my perspective, uh, coming to 1990s, I think the conditions were mature for our Korean people to think freely of their opinions. And uh, well, we, we, when we think about North Korea and South Korea, we, before the, before the separation upon the Korean War, we lived together for five, five thousand years. And then there were 70 years of separations. So basically, I think, uh, there is an underlining, uh, thought, shared thought that we are the same minjok or the same people. Uh, however, due to the war and different ideology, we, uh, these kind of thoughts were concealed. But I guess after 70 years, uh, there was uh, this thought, concealed thoughts were triggered and people became more freely to, became more open to freely express that uh, we are of the same people. Perhaps I can call it the love towards the Minjo. And it brings me to the naming of our Korea sharing movement. In Korean, it's Uri Minjo Sarudoki Undong. And why do we have Uri in front of Minjo? Uri meaning our, which entails a sense of community. In Korea, we, we don't say my family. We, we say our family. And we don't say my house, but rather our house. It, it means a sense of community. And so far, we've been, South South and the North have been uh, fighting a lot, and there were major conflicts going on, but with bringing, the, uh, adding this word, Uri, uh, we would like to symbolize that we need to cooperate and build solidarity uh, with one another. Do you think uh, the average South Korean now has a, a more accurate understanding of North Korea than 20 years ago? Uh, I think this is a very difficult, difficult question. And for, for in my case, I think it is not easy to understand North Korea. Um, I've been working for the KSM for the last 23 year, three years. I've been working with North Korea for 20 years. And perhaps I'm one of the few people who most visited to Pyongyang. I've also visited other places in North Korea, such as Shiniju, Dampo, Byeong Mountain, Kumgang Mountain, etc. And you may say, oh, you are very, you're very knowledgeable about North Korea, but my answer is, I'm not sure, I don't know. Well, maybe towards my first two visits to North Korea, I thought I knew about North Korea well, but the more I visit, the more difficult it is for me to understand. Compared with 20 years ago, we have ample of information about North Korea, have uh, people studying North Korea specifically. However, uh, we still don't know much about North Korea. And I think this would be the same answer if you ask the same question to people uh, with some expertise in North North. What's, what's the importance of having South Koreans engaged in humanitarian assistance and development cooperation inside North Korea? Because we are of the same people. And I know that South Korean government is sending a lot of ODAs to the LDCs and the budget, annual budget, uh, amounts to 1 trillion Korean won or even exceeding that. That's uh, for the listeners at home, their overseas development assistance to uh, less developed countries? Yes, least, least developed countries. Least developed yes. countries, okay. One might wonder... Why, if we are helping the least developed countries, why are we helping our own people in the north? I don't, I don't think there's any other reason but to say we, because we are of the same people, we are of the same neighbor, and we are the same binjo. As we can see from the examples of the the tsunami that happened in Japan and also in other natural disasters, those states in uh, China, hundred billion 
one was donated to help them. So this, I cannot find other other simple reason than that. There are many different international organizations doing work in North Korea. Um, you've got the World Food Program, the Red Cross, smaller national uh, development organizations as well. Uh, what's the value added that uh, the Korea Sharing Movement gives in doing this kind of uh, development and assistance work in North Korea? Does Is KSM more effective or more efficient or uh, better in some way, or is it just different? So there are many international organizations, NGOs, um, and UN-affiliated body like the WFP and FAO that has been aided, aiding North Korea since a long time ago. However, I think that uh, these organizations are doing uh, their part as part of a, a, a member of the international community, just in the way how South Korea is helping out uh, the least developed countries. What we can add is we have a peculiarity of that we are coming from the same people. And also in terms of the effectiveness of the aid, we can be more efficient because we speak up the same language. We can more precisely grasp the wants and needs of North Koreans so we can send off what they need. And also, uh, we this allows us to self-reflect upon ourselves. So the aid is providing uh, other uh, added values. Uh, while we reflect, self-reflect, we can uh, that leads to our self-advancement, and we have the sorrow topki part, the uh, the vocabulary included in our, our organization's name. Why is it sorrow topki? Helping each other, not just one side. Uh, initially, we tried to name our organization as Bukhan Dongpodoki, helping out, helping North Koreans, but there were many opponents because. It gives the impression that this is a one-way assistance from the south to the north, from donor to recipient. And in this given scenario, one can be uh, feel superior while the other can feel uh, inferior. However, while changing our name to Sorotopki Undong, even though we are sending aid to the north, uh, we uh, we are helping ourselves because we can. That leads to a sense of growth, where, where, where the hostile hostility is uh, overcome to a reconciliation. So what, what kind of activities does uh, KSM do in South Korea? How does it, or what, yeah, what activities does it do in South Korea? In order to help the North Koreans, we need to raise donations. Um, and when people engage in activity of donation, they are at most interested. They become interested in the area, and which leads to a bigger amount of donation. So uh, we are basically seeking for a participation-based donation. And we plan for these type of donations where people can, uh, South Korean people can simply and at ease uh, can participate. For instance, as I said before, those who are raising hands can donate eggs. Those producing textiles can donate clothing um, and etc. And for agriculture, uh, people who who make agro-machineries agri- will come gather all together and to be part of the planning. Associations from doctors, dentists, pharmacists, etc. would all come together and basically all the associations and councils come into, uh, come into as part of uh, the, the assistance. And through this, they they're more aware of North Korea. They get to meet North Korea if they do visit uh, the site. 
eventually and end up uh, building up more understanding about North Korea. Would you say that uh, KSM now focuses more on uh, humanitarian assistance or uh, development cooperation? Development cooperation is at the focus of our activities, and this is not only coming from the wish from the North, but also we think that it's the way to go. Uh, from the 2000s, there have been um, advancement in the relations between the North Korean, North, the inter-Korean relations, including the summit. And we believe that just by sending off aid does not uh, solve the problem. We need to um, build their capacity in how to produce the, the, the food. So eventually this led that us to to focus more on development cooperation. What kind of relationship does the Korea sharing movement have with the North and South Korean governments? Uh, in, in a Korean proverb, there is a saying, don't go too far, don't go too near. As an NGO, we tend to maintain our independent stance on not building too close relations with neither of the governments to, in pursuing our activities. But at the same time, we also try to maintain amicable relations with both of the governments. For instance, sometimes we, we do suggest some policy suggestions. Tell me about the practical realities of working with the North Korean state. Uh, as I understand it, every foreign individual company or organization that does any work or activity in North Korea has a partner organization. Uh, as a South Korean organization, you're obviously different. So who's your partner organization in North Korea? In any, any case, across all countries, there are also uh, a specific uh, arms of organizations that deal with the external relations, and that goes the same for North Korea under the Minister of Foreign Affairs. And there are organizations designated to work closely with the North, uh, the South, uh, under Tongil Jeonsanbu. That's the United Front Department. Thank you. And we work closely with Korea Council for Reconciliation and Cooperation. However, in the way that North Korea deal with us might be different from the way how they they deal with the intergovernment, international organizations and NGOs from abroad. And it's the same for us. We have the Ministry of Unification that deal with affairs relating to uh, the exchanges between the inter-Korea, inter-Koreas. So there are separate organizations. And the nature of our organization is a very to say genuinely uh, private organization. However, there is no such thing in the North, so that might be a difference. There are three types of organizations belonging to the Tongil Jeonsanbu. There is United Front Department, there is Council of uh, Korea Council for Reconciliation and Cooperation, and then for the economic cooperation, there are Bin Gyeongnyeon, Bin Jokyeongjeonape, and just for the overseas Koreans, I know it's uh, probably difficult to generalize, but the two organizations that you work with, the uh, Korea Council for Reconciliation and the uh, uh, Korea Council for Cooperation, uh, how much autonomy 
how much agency, how much authority do they have to make decisions when working with you? Or do they always have to go back to somebody at the United Front Department and ask for, you know, can we do this, can we do that? Um, There are obvious changes in the way how North Koreans and South Koreans work. And South Koreans, we can pursue our independent activities, and that is... The how we work at, at KSM. And I am the Secretary General and I ask, I make decisions and I ask to consult with our members when there are important things. However, North Korea has a different regime. And under the socialist state, uh, they, everything has to be approved by the Nodong Party and everything must be uh, managed and confirmed within their own disciplines. But Minhwayeop is a body that the, is designated. Uh, the Council for National Conci- Korean Conci- yes. Reconciliation is designed to to facilitate facilitate the cooperative activities with the South. So uh, within their mechanism, decision making mechanism, I think that they are serving their interest to support uh, these activities. And so far, my impression is that uh, these organizations are running well, and they are they are really working hard. But I didn't think like this from the very beginning. Don't get me wrong. Uh, when I first visited North Korea, uh, of course, I was feeling hostile and I wasn't so sure if I should believe them, uh, if if they were telling the truth, if they were saying of different things. So that was that was very natural for me in the beginning. As a person who've gone through a thorough anti-communist education, there were many difficult times for me for, to, to believe them and to overcome these hostile relations. Later on, I realized that the counterparts who guided me had as much as or bigger dishonesty or... So I guess that was the same situation. Last 20 years has been a, a period of understanding and building trust while visiting both states. It seems to be impossible under the current circumstances to help the North Korean people without supporting their government to some degree or, or cooperating with their government to some degree. Should we be concerned by this? When I first sent off materials to the North, I I thought as long as the, the, the materials are delivered to the North, then it's fine. Because that itself, the process was a very exciting moment for me. But then it had me thinking, is this going to be distributed properly? And of course, there were process of doubting for me. But now that I reckon, uh, North Korea is not that of a loose country. The, the distribution system is monitored by the country state, so the state, so... Once uh, the assistance is received, it cannot be spun or or it cannot be uh, sent to individuals. So uh, the materials that are sent are, as promised, will be distributed to the region. This is good for the the state itself, and also it can serve as an efficient means of distribution sometimes. For example, there are major, uh, there are which is agriculture science, Authority uh, in the north and Dongop Chinungcheong Agriculture Promotion Agency, which is the, the counterpart in South Korea, and there was one project where the rice, the the method of rice 
produced in South Korea is exactly in implemented in uh, the, the territory of the North. The, so they've sent off all the, the agri agro machineries, all the materials, the seed, fertilizers, etc., to the North so that they can learn the ways of producing the rice as it is produced in the South. And throughout the year, uh, the farmers in the North they could learn the way and they uh, conducted research. And this capacity building, the reci final recipient of this capacity building is both the North Korean government, the state, and uh, the farmers there. This was one incident when I realized that rather than working uh, with other agencies, directly working with North Korean state could be more far more efficient because following this project, I, we've proposed the, the North Korean state about running a cooperative farm using this method of production. And the answer was yes. So came about the idea of cooperative farm modernization project, which was held in the North. And during this, the South Korean farmers went up to brief and give a seminar to the pe people of who are in charge of uh, agricultural technologies in, in the north uh, coming from all different parts of the regions. So in my opinion, I believe that the North Korean state system is very solid and it, it has not collapsed. And once the technology or uh, the factor is determined and proven to be effective, then it can be spread all nationwide very quickly. So that is a very efficient part of the system. In the present context, at the moment, uh, relations between the two Koreas are not great and there's not a lot of uh, public activity between the two Koreas. What does the Korea Sharing Movement believe can and should be done uh, in this current stalemate? So following the measure... Uh, the May 14th measures? May, May 24th measures, 24th yes. Measures. Yeah. The on-site cooperation have all halted, and then ongoing projects included the technology transfer and the agriculture field, and the technology cooperation for building pharmaceutical factories and etc. And then came the Moon Jae-in government in 2017, which brought up my anticipations. So may, maybe things may go right. And then the summit, inter-Korean summit, and the uh, USDPRK summit and the Inter-Korean Summit. However, following the Hanoi Summit, uh, all the expectations disappeared. And the most important factor here is the, the UN sanction of 2017. This is a very constraining fa factor for as an NGO to work with North Korea. Even during the 1996, when the, the Inter-Korean relations were very hostile, the, the civil society had a role to play and facilitate the exchanges. However, this time around, this is a very different situation. And with, of course, with the, the sanctions from the United Nations, there is no kind of space available for the private sector or the civil society to take a role. And I hope, it is my wish, that the civil society to play a certain role whether that it be with the United States or South Korea. And also, I think it is my understanding that following the, the sanctions, North Koreans are 
not satisfied with the level of aid they receive from the simple aid they receive from the south perhaps this has to do with the the pride from the north korean side it is their judgment that the the limited aid is not sufficient enough so they would rather seek their own ways but one good encouraging news is that starting from last year the un commission on north korean sanction exempted certain sanctions that are civil society led so once the projects are permitted for the exemption then they could flexibly be pursued and also sending massive scales of aid could also be exempted so we are looking into uh, the possibility of expand the finding opportunities here as we are wait we have already one exempted project however the uh, north korea is still dissatisfied with this level of cooperation so it is our role to persuade the united nations and the north uh, to flexibly pursue our activities Well, I'm afraid that's where we're going to have to leave it for today. I want to thank you again very much, uh, Secretary-General Hong, for joining us and telling us all about the Korea Sharing Movement. And uh, thank you also to Christine for doing some great interpreting there. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you.